Well, this is going to be a Black Coffee Fight Club episode. That's like the MMA podcast I'm doing, which is like a, an addendum to the Everything Went Black Fight um, podcast. So oh, awesome. You're actually my first guest, Andrew. Like my first, my first co-host on this. Awesome, but in, man. in hey, a way, it's beautiful like, to be back. Yeah, you, it's you know, it's like kind of, um, you know, we're going back to the old school. Um, you know, you and I used to like break down fights on just on the regular Everything Went Black podcast, and uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, we should do this uh, regularly. I think too, try to get this out. You know, I mean, I've been trying to do uh, until I went on tour. I was doing a pretty good job of uh, of previewing every week the fights, but uh, you know, I understand like uh, you know we got different schedules. You're on the West Coast. You know, time changes, all this kind of stuff, and maybe we can, uh, you know, just do maybe the pay per views or like um, the more notable fights or something like that. You know, definitely, man. I'm ready to make it happen. Cool. Yeah, it's, it'd be fun. You know, and I used to, I used to like, uh, you know, how we would we would you know chat more regularly. I thought that was pretty cool. Totally, man. Yeah, it's been a long time, and uh, I'm really happy to, that we're doing it again. And I just saw you in person a couple of weeks ago, actually. When we were, I was yeah, I know, it's crazy, it's man. Great. I'm like, yeah, that was a couple weeks ago. Holy shit! <laughs> it seems like months ago, but you know, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that brings us to uh, UFC 214, which is the much anticipated John Jones versus Daniel Cormier rematch for the title. Good lord, man! Yeah. So I mean, we kind of, we kind of, we both got this on short notice, and uh, we neither one of us put together a whole lot of notes on this. So we're going to primarily stick to the main card, but there are some notable fights on the undercard. You know, and, uh, yeah, or at least. Um some people that stand out to me yeah. personally, you know, I, I think that a lot of the opponents I'm like, you know, uh, I, I may not remember or know enough about some of them um, just at a first glance. Um, but, you know, a lot of people like Eric Shelton is someone who really got on my radar with that season of the ultimate fighter that I was like the last one I watched. And the first one I watched in a really, really long time um, with the flyweights. And that was a fantastic season. And that kid had a ton of talent. He came into the UFC and he lost against um, Pantosha, and uh, that was a really tough fight to give the kid out of the gate. But he's had he's looked like a real blue chip prospect with a lot of uh, physical ability, and I look forward to hopefully him having some success in the UFC. Yeah, there's um, another one. It's uh, Hanato Moicano, who's number nine, and Brian Ortega, who's number eight. Both of those guys are undefeated. Yeah, I mean, Ortega just submitted uh, uh, Guida. Yeah. And uh, also uh, Aljamain Sterling versus Henan Burrell. So let's see how, you know, Henan Burrell seems like he's been on a little bit of uh, a decline over the last few yeah. fights. And that's a weird fight, too, because it's not at a solid weight class because California denied Burrell, the, I guess, the license to fight at 135. Oh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's listed here as, as a catch weight of 140. Yeah. Interesting. So they denied him. Oh, wow. So originally, do you know if this was supposed to be contested at 135? It was. Yeah, and Sterling was pretty pissed that actually it's not going to be because he's like, this is unfair. You know, like, I'm, I weigh 135. Why should this guy get to weigh more? Because part of, you know, Burrow's probably he'd be de- he'd be depleted you know something we just talked about with Berkman you know like Burrow is depleted at 135 you know it's like he used to be able to do it in the past but 
we're talking about a guy that passed out cutting weight and like hit his head in the sauna, you know, like yeah. passed out cold, you know, maybe twice even. I feel like I heard stories about that. So, yep. you know, Sterling's like, well, obviously this guy either probably shouldn't be fighting at 135 then. And it's not his, Sterling's fault, but he asked for more money and the UFC would said no. You know, and, and he has, and uh, Barrow hasn't had any real success at 145 because he had a he had a cup of coffee at the featherweight division, and uh, now he's back at, uh, at at 135, and he didn't really do too well up there. So no, I, I don't know. You man. know, those were some good fights too. I mean, actually, uh, I forgot who Moicano was until you said his nickname, um, and uh, he's the guy who just beat uh, Jeremy Stevens. A yeah. Very very close fight. Yep. And then we have a. Uh, you know, someone who's one of my favorites actually is Jack Burke, Josh Berkman. Um, I don't know, man. There's something about that dude, just because he just never seems to go away. He's fighting uh, Drew Dober, and um, that should be a cool fight. But Berkman, even though the guy's like what, like uh, what's his age? Actually, he's an older. He's got to be in his mid thirties. Thirty nine. He's almost forty. Actually, Dober's thirty five. So both of these guys are a little, you know. For in UFC terms, you know, getting getting sure. older, Berkman chose to go down the lightweight as opposed to staying at welterweight, and I I think that definitely was a detriment to his career because he at at lightweight, especially being an older guy, it's hard to cut weight, and then the the uh, the new rules of not being able to use um, an IV to rehydrate, I think have really kind of fucked this guy like on that lighter weight. Like he hasn't looked very good in the last few fights, and then you were saying in his last fight. It looked like he was going to retire. Yeah, he put his gloves down, and Stan said, well, oh, I guess uh, Bergman's retiring. And then when the interview was done with whoever won the fight, I don't want to call it this time, apparently, apparently Bergman came back in the cage and picked his gloves up. <laughs> it was very confusing. Before we get into the, the upcoming uh, card, did you, you catch any of the fights last weekend? Yes. All of them? Or you know, did you see just the main card or the whole, the whole fight? I didn't. I wasn't able to watch the whole fight. Actually, I think I watched the whole main card. Um, if you could refresh my memory of what the headliner was, uh, Chris Weidman. Ah, yeah, yes. Chris Weidman's return uh, versus Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah, and that was a great fight. I mean, Gastelum looked so small in that fight. I was like, "Holy shit, dude!" Yeah. This is what happens when a a 170 or fights at a, a natural weight, you know, against a dude who cuts down to 185. Weidman's a big 185er, yeah. you know? I mean, he could easily be a light heavyweight. And I think that there's, you know, you read stuff here and there and you hear stuff on the internet that um, Weidman's got his sights set on the light heavyweight division ultimately. You know, I mean, if, I mean, I don't know if, uh, Beating Gastelum is enough to really demand a title shot, especially with the the mayhem that's going on at the at the 185 division. Um, yeah, I don't think it's enough to erase three losses in a row. That's for sure. Yeah, he's gonna have to you know get a couple more fights and under his belt, a couple more wins under his belt before he can contest the title. But I think ultimately he is looking to go up to light heavyweight, and that would make a lot of sense for him. I think. Yeah, I mean he had these plans earlier when he was undefeated, and there was a lot of. I mean, and you're like, okay, this could make sense if this guy keeps winning at middleweight. But when I hear him still say that his plan is to win the middleweight belt back and then go back up to light heavyweight and win that belt, I, you know, there's a fine line between self-confidence and delusional. 
And uh, I mean, I wish I could find a less harsh word, but I just don't see Weidman competing with the top 205ers because I think he, he's even going to be small when he runs into the bigger guys up there. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, he's definitely getting ahead of himself because, you know, my, I'm going to make a prediction on this podcast that Robert Whitaker is going to be champ this year. Well, actually, he, he's not going to be able to fight till next year. But in the I next know, terrible. In the next 12 months, Robert Whitaker will be the champ at the 185 division. That, that's my prediction. So, and I'll, I'll back that and say I think that we might have a more long-standing champion even. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, Whitaker's you know something beast. I didn't know that I, I heard um, was, I think it was from the Heavy Hands podcast um, on Bloody Elbow with Connor Rebish and uh, Patrick Wyman. And it was that uh, Whitaker is actually an accomplished, credentialed, like medal winning wrestler in Australia. Wow. Cause all you see is, is his awesome kickboxing. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. I mean, actually he's got good takedown defense. So that's probably where his wrestling comes in. Yeah. And the scrambles that he had against oh. Jacques Array, I mean, and the way he shut down Romero. Oh yeah. was amazing. Yeah. I'm pretty excited for that dude's future. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. It's kind of funny that, that Bisping is still, managing to I mean not through defending it but somehow is managing to hold on to this title like long, as longer than I thought he would you totally know? I mean it's like not so much a title reign as it is like a dude with the belt like in a traffic jam <laughs> yeah. you know it's yeah, like totally. he hasn't he's like been in this like line of traffic for like two <laughs> years he hasn't made it to like the arena but I got the belt it's right next to me in the passenger seat yeah it's kind of it's a travesty man I mean I mean, I, I have such mixed feelings about Michael Bisping. I know our Agreed. buddy Champ Morgan despises him, but it's like, I um, I feel kind of satisfied somehow that he actually was able to get the belt because the dude's been knocking at the door his whole career. He's he was always like one fight away from like a title shot, and then you know he he'll lose. Like he'll put together a nice string of wins, and then he'll lose. And now. You know, in a very unlikely manner, he was able to to win the title. I mean, it was like a guy who'd fought already who beat him, and at short notice, you know, and it was just it's just one of those things which I think is kind of cool. And I mean, for him, but if I was him, I would have got the title and I would just fucking retired, man. I just would have been like, all right, cool, peace out, you know. I don't know. He's an. But he got to avenge that loss to Henderson, though barely. Oh my god, yeah. that was such a crazy. That fight was insane. And obviously Henderson was much older at that yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, and Henderson still almost won. Yeah, it was, that was a great fight in terms of just pure insanity. It was great to see Bisping knock out Rockhold. I'm not a huge fan of his personality, though. I think Rockhold is an amazing fighter with a lot of gifts. But when you look at the people that Bisping lost against, it was like Juiced Chael and like Juiced Vitor. You yeah. know, you know, uh, uh, Luke Rockhold was on an, uh, a season of. Um, that that fucking reality show where you're like you're supposed to you're a millionaire and you're trying to get these chicks to marry you yeah 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 i mean obviously i didn't see any of that shit but i thought i thought that was pretty funny that luke rockhold was a contestant on that yeah i watched that (laughs) you did (laughs) that's pretty funny um all right so you want to get into this card 
yeah we for kind sure, of talked man. about uh, uh you know our, our preliminary interests but uh you know neither one of us i think have really did enough enough research to get into that in any detail so um so opening the main card we got jimmy manua versus volkan uzdemir and that's like one of the coolest names volkan uzdemir it's like it sounds like a guy who could like beat you up you know what i mean Sounds uh, like a hitman. Yeah, like a hitman, exactly. Mano is uh, ranked number third, and Uzdemir is ranked number five. Now, are you familiar with Uzdemir has only had two fights in the UFC, I think. Yeah, he beat OSP in an extremely close fight where OSP gassed out, yeah. as he tends to now do, it seems, all the time, and, and it's ridiculous. And then this last fight... Yeah, uh, against Misha, Misha Serkinov. Right, against Serkinov, yeah. yeah. It was, like, within the, the opening seconds of the fight. It was so round. weird. It was, like, Serkinov came in really aggressive and then got clipped with, like, the smallest punch and went down. And it was really weird. It was, like, well, that's not good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, hey, good for him. But I don't know if that really warrants him being ranked number five, though. You know what I mean? But then again, the light heavyweight division is pretty, pretty shallow these days. Definitely. It's a really weird place. So, I'm, you know, I think the reason that it's happening is because Manawa was going to be the person who challenged Cormier if Jones couldn't get his shit together. And it's kind of a fail-safe. If Jones still fucks up, which he very well could, then they're going to scrap the Ouzdemir fight and they're going to have Manawa fight DC. I see the logic. Definitely. It's really fucked up that... Um, <laughs> That that's the thinking that's involved in all this stuff, man. That you know, we're down to well, today's Wednesday. We got Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And Jones, it's like there's still fear that he's gonna fuck up somehow. You know what I mean? <laughs> he doesn't say anything to abate any type of worrisome feelings that we all have about his ability to show up and not fuck up. He says things like, you know that using cocaine recreationally is okay that, you know, Oh, I'm not a drug addict. Like I just, you know, like to have fun. <laughs> you're like, uh, I don't think you're supposed to say those things out loud, John, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. But so I guess that's the, uh, I guess that's a good plan to have though. You know, yeah. in case, in case Jones fucks up, they could just like get Manoa in there and, uh, and see what's what. Cause he's uh Manoa, is uh, yeah, he's number three. So, so who do you think? Who do you got in this fight? Uh, I mean, it's difficult. Uh, Mana was such a power puncher, and Ozdemir apparently has power, but seems to be more of like a volume type of guy. Yeah, I, I want to say he comes out of hoofed, Jim. Uh, that's a good question. I think I knew this answer to that question recently. And I think he does. Yeah, Hoof, I, mean, I don't know. It's tough. Wait, like, is Hoof I still at, um, don't know who he is. Is he at American Top Team, Hooft? Uh, no, Hooft has his own thing. Oh, yeah, right. It's because he, he was with the Black Zillions, right? And then they started a different – that shut down. And yeah. then there's, they have, like, some new organization that they're training. Yeah, I forgot what it's called. It might just be called, like, Henry Hooft Fight Club or something. Yeah, I think it is something simple like that. Yeah. Yeah, so he's – uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, man. Oh, sorry. Um, I just don't know who he is still. Yeah. Ozdemir. You know, like, the OSP fight didn't really show me anything except that I felt like he was small for the division. 
And then the Serkinov fight didn't show him anything because he knocked Serkinov out while Serkinov was running in like a madman. So Mano was not going to do either of those things. He's not going to gas. He's a way more adept striker than either of those guys. Obviously, he's a massive power puncher. And the times that Mano has been beaten in the past before were, uh, you know, by Rumble and then by Gus taking him down. So I don't know. I don't know if Ozdemir can do either of those things. Yeah, I'm gonna go Emmanuel in this one because I just once we just don't have enough intel on Ozdemir. You know, I've only seen the OSP fight and the fight against Serkinov, and those are the only two fights he has in the UFC. And uh, you know, Serkinov, you know, he ran in, and then there was a weird scramble, and he he got touched up and knocked out. So you know, that that's uh, the same thing happened to Jose Aldo. Does that make Jose Aldo like a any less of a champ, you know what I mean? If to rush yeah. into a punch like that, so I'm I'm gonna go with Manoa. I think you know. just there's more information on him. There's I have more of a sense of what kind of fighter he is. So he's my pick in this fight by KO. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's I got think like eleven KOs. A I really, think. really good fight. I mean, we know they're both gonna strike against each other. Definitely, that's a really good card opener. Um, one one that we missed, and I think must be the headliner of the prelims that I'd like to just walk back to you for a second would be um jason knight versus ricardo lamas oh yeah yeah of course i mean that is an amazing fight jason knight also known as uh hick diaz <laughs> it's like he is you know so just scrap it's awesome you know he he's amazing on the ground he's got a lot going with his striking too you know he just stopped caceres and a really entertaining fight um and then lamas you know he's you know, a boxer with some kicking, but mainly, a, you know, an aggressive wrestler um, who, you know, he's been in the top 10 for a long time, but I've never been overly impressed by what he does. He's just kind of a sturdy toolbox. You know, yeah. it's, he's got a lot of basic things that, that he can do consistently, and he's got great cardio, and, and, and this, you know, he's a winner. I, you know, I, I can't ignore that, but... um I don't know if he's really long for the top five. I don't know if he's going to get back to a title shot. In fact, I wish that Frankie Edgar had fought him. I think that would have been a really good fight. Um, but Jason Knight's cool. He's really he's really an exciting guy in yeah. that division, and I really look forward to that fight. Yeah, definitely. That's that's something I'm looking forward to as well. Um, so the, the second fight on the main card is a very interesting fight. Oh, my God, dude. I'm, like, getting jittery. Say their names. We've got former champion Robbie Lawler versus Cowboy Cerrone. Holy shit. Both guys coming off losses. Both guys coming off brutal losses, actually. I mean, uh, Lawler hasn't fought since uh, Tyron Woodley defeated him with that KO. Yeah, and, that uh, Yeah, and that was really rough. And then Cerrone, um, his, his meteoric rise in the welterweight division was uh, stopped, put on hold by um, Jorge Masvidal. So, I mean, both of these guys have been KO'd recently. Uh, well, not so not recently for Lawler, but more recently for Cowboy. They both got losses, and this fight is going to tell us a lot about where these guys are at in their career, I think. You know? Definitely. I mean, both of these guys are shop-worn, too. I mean, remember, this is Lawler's second go in the UFC. You know what I mean? He's been... He's a, 
not, he's not that old, but he's been fighting for a hell of a long time. You know, a cowboy, he would fight every weekend if he could. And I think that is why he got KO'd in the Jorge Masvidal fight. Well, um, Cerrone's always been susceptible, it seems, to, to body attacks. And I think that's because he, he had some injury from his extreme lifestyle. <laughs> he was, like, dirt biking or something and, like, ended up goring himself on, like, a rock in, oh, like, shit. New Mexico, like, out in the desert or something, oh, you know? Wow. And uh, so, you know, I think that uh, he's been hurt when I mean, we've seen it. He's been hurt to the body. He got knocked out twice in that Masvidal fight. He got yeah, saved that's by right. the bell, in the first, and then he uh, got back round. out yeah. in, in the second round and got knocked out again. And it was like, holy shit. Like, I just saw somebody get knocked out twice in the fight. Like, literally. Like, he was done. Uh, that was tough to watch. Um, I think Lawler taking off this long amount of time was a good thing. Yeah. You, you know, he, he got really, he, he felt the power of that giant Woodley right hand. And um, an interesting thing is that Lawler's not at American Top Team anymore where he was for the long longest time. Yeah which Tyrone is at that camp too. So now Lawler, I'm pretty sure, is with Hooft. Oh, okay. Interesting. Which is definitely interesting. Yeah. Um, the other thing about Lawler too is that, uh, you know, he had two wars in his last, his prior two defenses of, at, at, in his title reign. You know, he, he had the, the war against uh, Roy McDonald. And he had that nuclear war against um, uh, my man, Carlos Condit. Carlos Condit. And, uh, I mean, those were like five rounds of just brutality in the same year, I think, right? Within a 12-month period, those two fights happened. Yeah, I mean, those guys sacrificed years off their lives for our yeah. entertainment. It was amazing. Condit hasn't been the same since, I think. You know, I think, I think Condit's career... I think that was kind of his defining final moment as a mixed martial artist was this fight against Robbie Lawler, you know. Um, so it's interesting to see. I mean, he, you know, that, and then that KO uh, against Tyron Woodley. And, um, I mean, that, it's been about a year, I think, since Lawler fought last, right? Approximately. Just about 12 months. Yeah, it seems a while. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really interested to see how this is going to play out for both of these guys. I mean, both of them could just be shot at this point, you know. You never know. I mean, they're, they're not young guys either, in, in MMA years at least, you know. And um, it's two guys, two, two fighters. I, I'm a fan of both of these dudes. Like, I love both of these guys, you know. And it's like, it's a really tough call because there's so many factors, you know. Each guy in their prime, it would still be a close fight, you know. Now, the, the possibly diminished version of these two guys, you know, who knows what the hell it's gonna, how it's going to play out, you know what I mean? So I think that um, it's easier to find someone like Cerrone that Lawler fought already, if you go back to Matt Brown. Yeah. And maybe comparatively I could go to someone maybe like Rafael Dos Anjos for Lawler, even though Dos Anjos is more of a Muay Thai guy. Just in terms of like sheer punching power and violence, sure. Um, that Cerrone fought against and lost. Um, you know, I'm gonna have to go with Lawler here. I really think I don't think Cerrone has the punching power to stop Lawler, and I do think that Lawler has the punching power and maybe even heavy kicks to uh, to hurt Cerrone. But Cerrone's better on the ground. Well, I was gonna bring that point up. 
um, you know, Cerrone's game plan might be to be a more, at this point, to be more ground-based, you know. I, for me, I, I think I'm going to go with Cerrone on this one by submission. Hmm. Just, to, just to explore that avenue, I think. You know, because he's got yeah. a great ground game. Totally. I think Waller is still athletic and explosive enough to get out of those situations, and he's certainly going to be the bigger man in there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's a true true welterweight. But Cerrone, actually, I don't know. I wish we should look at the stats on that. He might have the reach. Yeah, I'm going to say, I think Cerrone might actually do, might have the reach. I want to see. He's a pretty 70, long guy. Uh, let's see. Oh, actually, believe it or not, Waller has one inch on him. Huh. Cerrone has a big, a larger leg reach. Cerrone's taller. Taller, but slightly, uh, le- like, one inch less of a reach. Huh, interesting. I mean, it's going to be a fantastic fight, guaranteed. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll go by Lawler. I feel like he could probably do some body work in there. It's such an awesome clash. Um, if Cerrone loses... I really want to see Cerrone versus Matt Brown. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. I kind of wish this fight happened earlier, though. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of wish that, you know, it was like a title defense with Robbie Lawler. You know what I mean? And Cowboy hadn't gotten, you know, maybe he had only fought three times one year or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was more, um, you know, these guys, I, I was I was kind of wishing that they both weren't coming off such brutal losses. And then they were going to fight because that that casts a big question mark over both of these guys, in my opinion. So yeah, it's a really weird time for them to make that fight, knowing that one of these guys is probably going to get stopped. Yeah, definitely. You know, and pretty decisively. I mean, there there's a serious chance that Cerrone could go into that uh, that kicking game that he has, and he has that really nice like uh, lead leg uh, head kick. Yeah, that's that's really nice. Um, but I don't know, I mean, I still, I, you know, you've seen Lawler get rocked, you've seen him do the fish dance, and he recovers. That's the one thing, like, and, and I know, you know, like, durability will, will fade and go away at some point, but I've never seen Cerrone, like, get as beat up as Lawler and still gut it out. I think that Cerrone can be broken, and oh, I don't yeah. think that Lawler can be broken at all. I think part of Cerrone's ability to be broken is how active he is. Like, how many times he fights. Like, how many times he puts himself through a training camp and then takes a fight. And then that's just, like, that level of preparation and going into a, a fight as much as he does, like, and the frequency that he does, I think really taxes him physically. You know, and like I said, maybe when he was, like, 25 years old and he was fighting kickboxing and it was like, you know, they're, you know those guys would fight every couple weeks, you know. It's like I think that mentality is what works against him. You know what I'm saying? So he says it keeps him fresh. Yeah, that's what he says. That's what he says. Yeah. You know, well, like if you were to do like a CAT scan or something, you know, or full MRI, you know, and you saw the damage he was taking. I mean, you know, I mean, I know that he. I think he's one of those guys who stopped hard sparring and training too. You know, which is that was Lawler. Oh right. So for all we know, Cerrone's throwing joints in training. And still getting fucking beat up, you know, which is like at the at the level that these guys are at. I don't think they need to have a whole lot of hard sparring rounds. You know what I'm saying? Right. Totally, totally agree with that. You know, the one thing that actually worries me about this fight more than where they might be today 
and their abilities to survive punishment is I don't know if I think Henry Hooft is a good MMA coach. Also, those the Dutch guys are the worst ones when it comes to hard sparring. You know what I mean? Like the mentality that those guys have is like, all right, lace them up, get in there and start throwing punches. You know, totally. European kickboxers are like, they don't their their techniques, their their training techniques are haven't even progressed since like the seventies or whatever. You know what I mean? They're still like, just like that balls to the wall training style. You know? Totally, and really I, hard sparring. Yeah, and I think that um yeah something like that someone doesn't need that shit really. You know what I mean? Yeah, Lawler. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I Lawler. think that um, I think Lawler would probably would have done better training, even though it still is a they train hard. Uh, if he was with um, Master Rafael Cordero. Yeah. Or you know what? Faraz Sahabi or one of those guys. Like yeah, what an interesting – yeah, you, you put him with like a super technical guy. That would be interesting. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and like I, Faraz I think is like one of my favorite – he has like one of the best approaches to MMA, super tactical and like very strategic, you know. I mean, and look at the results he gets. You know, he had GSP. He had, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, there's not a whole lot of Canadian MMA, really. But, you know, Rory, Rory McDonald went pretty far, you know. Yeah, and he still is. I he mean, still you is. Know, he's, he's in Bellator now. I mean, he probably will be the champion in, in Bellator. In at least one division. Yeah, he's, right. He's exactly. another guy that's talked about going up to 185 after he yeah. secures the title at 170. For us, is like the one-man version of... Uh, Jackson and Winklejohn, yeah. you know, it's like, I feel like he has that and one human being. I'll agree with that. And his younger brother, um, is in the UFC now too. Eamon. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we got Chris Cyborg versus Tanya Evinger. And now this is for the women's featherweight championship. Because, yeah, man, uh, Jesus Christ, the women's featherweight championship belt. It's yeah, like cuz uh, Valerie Latourneau got scared away from uh from Cyborg. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's such bullshit. Like I will not ever ever support her like I, I it's, it's it's ridiculous. The way that she fought in her title fight, the, the cheap shots she threw um and then just like sitting on the belt and then piecing out like yeah that's just not that's not a, that's not you, you she never should be considered a champion as much as i don't think vitor belfort should ever be considered the light heavyweight champion because his glove cut randy couture's eyelid like it's it's bullshit yeah that, and that was the fight that you're talking about was against holly holm at here at uh, the barclays center in brooklyn new york yep. yeah yeah it's a real bummer man um i mean there is an active 145 division in Invicta, in so you know I don't I don't know why it's such a big deal for the UFC to to not have a featherweight division in the women's uh, di- you know division. You know there are women that could obviously. I mean, Evinger was uh, was she champ in Invicta? She was a champ, or she was or a former champ. Former yeah, I think champ. So. Yeah, she was a former champ in Invicta. You know, and I guess she stepped up to fight Cyborg. And uh, I don't know why they, they can't put a... I mean, honestly, all of the women's divisions are, are pretty shallow past, you know. There's a big differential between the champ and all the other 
people in the division and all, all the women's and all the other two women's divisions. Totally. And even the most competitive one, definitely, yeah. you know, in JJ's. So why not make a 145 pound division? You know, I mean, if it's, I mean, in this fight too, it's like, I mean, Cyborg, I just can't bet against her. You know what I mean? To win in a dominant way, you know? And, uh, yeah, she's brutal. She's amazing. She's like the Chuck Liddell of women. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, and uh, I mean, you know, I, I enjoy watching her fight. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of the cyborgs, you know. Ditto. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, she's, she's, a, she's a, a draw. Like, people pay attention to her. And um, I don't know, man. It's like, yeah, this is a, champion, this is a championship fight fight, but it's like, it's kind of like, all right, we're just going to legitimize cyborgs, you know, championship belt. You know, by throwing this uh, sacrificial lamb to her, you know. And because uh, I actually watched a couple of her fights, Avenger. She's good, but, you know, I mean, it's like, how the hell do you fucking stave off Cyborg? She takes a lot of damage, Avenger. Part of her, like, goodness is her ability to take punishment, yeah. which is not a recipe to win no. against anyone sometimes, but definitely not against, you know, Justina. And Cyborg's specialty is meeting out punishment onto people. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's a, yeah, she's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, but um, you don't really see her, you don't see anyone in her guard ever. She's, sometimes she's in someone else's guard, raining elbows down into their face, you know? Or most likely she just beats them up, beats them up on their feet, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. Actually, Cyborg is more like the uh, the, the female uh, Vandalay Silva, I think. Right. Yeah, kind of like just like juggernaut, you know what I mean? Because Chuck Chuck was kind of a counter striker a little bit. Right. Yeah. There's no. And mostly a puncher. Yeah, mostly a puncher. I guess so is Vandalay, but yeah, I mean she's shit. She's even better than either of them in terms of like her striking. Yeah. She's definitely better than Vandalay in terms of her striking. I'm looking at Cyborg's record. And uh, let's see, sixteen and one. Who was the one loss? I don't know. Actually, I was I was looking at that too. That must have happened a long time ago, man. Yeah, right. Her first fight or something. Yeah. Or was it? I know she lost a kickboxing fight, but that wouldn't be on her MMA uh, record. Yeah, that one that that was in line fights, right? Yeah. That was brutal. That was a, that was like cold crap. But even in that, you saw that she could take a shitload of punishment oh, herself. Yeah. You know, lion fight. I kind of wish. You know, like, there's Bellator kickboxing and then there's Glory. I really, really wish Lion Fight would somehow be able to have a broader audience because that real, that's real Muay Thai. Like, that's, like, the way it should be done, you know, with knees and elbows and, you know, a lot of clinching. And, um, yeah, it's too bad that that's, that's, it's hard to find out when those fights happen, you know what I mean? Totally. I would rather watch that than watch the Bellator kickboxing, I think. Yeah, that's, you know, the way that Coker does that is weird. I don't know. I kind of don't like uh, the MMA and then the uh, the kickboxing. You know how they have that. Sometimes there's, like, those weird, they have a cage and a ring set up. Totally. It's weird. It's so weird. Right? Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, not a fan either of that. Uh, I imagine we're both picking uh, just, you know. Yeah. There's not, I'm sorry to say, Tanya Evinger. But, you know, there really is not much of a choice here. Yeah, I don't see it. You know, this is the cyborg division. And 
I'm happy for it, man. You know, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I'd rather this had been the whole thing. They never even did the home, uh, fight, you know? Um, you know, I'd like to see Holly Holm fight Cyborg. She would get destroyed. Yeah. She doesn't have the power, no. you know? I mean, hey, she just stopped uh, Kohea with that really sweet question mark kick. I think that was a lead leg kick, too. Um, yeah. But, man, you know, when you saw her against Durandami, I mean, Jesus Christ, yeah. man. She, her, her, you know, her kios are such a telegraph. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. She's like, yeah. And it's like, okay, there's a punch coming or a kick coming. Like, you know, it's. Yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just I'm like just trying to think of who the hell, one-twos. who the hell can compete against Cyborg. You know, it's, uh, it's really hard to like, um, I mean, it's got, maybe there's someone out there that we don't know. That's like from Europe or something like that. Some European, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she's been created yet. So uh, now we're getting into the, uh, the you know, Tyron Woodley versus Damon Maya for the welterweight title. Uh, Mike, this just dawned on me. What's that? This is the first time we've had this in a really long time. And generally when it happens in the past or when it did happen, I think maybe once, it was kind of like ended up being like three long fights. But these are three title fights. Yeah, they're, well, one of, yeah. You can say that there's two definite title fights, and then there's one that's like more like, you know, okay, we need to make a, a belt here. You know what I'm saying? But that's three twenty-five minute potentially, though it's not going to happen. Well, yeah, I, I'm gonna. Well, okay, we can talk about this too, actually, because I definitely don't see Cyborg going a full five rounds with Avenger. No way. So that's um. You know that's that's sort of throws that out of the out of the you know out the window. Now Woodley versus Maya, I don't see that going very long either. To be honest, I mean, depends. De- depending on who, wi- I mean, with either one of those guys as the victor. You know what I'm saying? Tyron Woodley. Tends- I could see uh, Maya dragging it out. Really, I could see him dragging it out, and in, in, if Maya makes it past the first. Which I pray he does. I love Damian Maya, and I really, really loathe Woodley's attitude. It's terrible. But I love Maya and everything that he's done. I mean, the guy's on a seven-fight win streak. He's just a yeah, just an amazing he's a gentleman too. person, you yeah. know. And his jiu-jitsu is just beautiful to watch. Yeah. And I think that if he like just does this competitive Brazilian jiu-jitsu match against Woodley, where he's constantly going for these takedowns. Yeah, he's going to get tired like Maya does, but Woodley's going to get tired too. That guy is all about energy conservation, and I could see him gassing yeah. and maybe not getting finished, but I could see him like gassing and then losing some of his power because Maya can take a shot too. I mean, granted, Woodley's right hand is ferocious, but um, I don't know. It, it could get really ugly, which I would actually enjoy. I'd love it. If it got ugly to the point where Maya was like, just, you know, getting in him with these, like, little trip takedowns and then, you know, against the fence and Woodley had a stand-up and then Maya still had, like, double underhooks and, right. like, was just weighing on him. I'd love it. Yeah, because that's the thing. I'm not saying that it would be a, a first round. I mean, I'm not married to the idea of it being only a one-round fight, 
but I, hon- I honestly don't think it's going to go the whole, the whole, um, you know, the distance. You know, I think it's either going to be over real quick if um, if Woodley's able to connect, and I think that because after that first round, Woodley definitely wanes. I think that Maya just would submit him in the second round. You know, because uh, you've seen you've seen him work, man. You've seen how he how he just he rides people like a backpack. You know, and like just erodes their cardio, you know, and, uh, you know, but actually who's going to win? That's, that's the question though. You know, I think this one's, a, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to pick Damian Maya to win this one. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and know, that's not I'm even gonna... like going out on a limb really, but it's like, I'm just going to say that, okay, I think Maya is going to, honestly, no one has been able to stop his game. Really. Totally. And even like, you know, even if they didn't get submitted, like Masvidal, who Maya actually said had the best jujitsu of anyone he's faced in MMA, which is like, that's a really nice thing. That's like, wow, dude, you, this guy just, it's like he, he, it's like he promoted him, you know, it's like, it's like (laughs) Damian Maya just gave you a black belt, you know? (laughs) Um, yeah, I totally agree, man. Like, you know, even if like you play his game, like you can't not, he got, he got Rory McDonald. He got on his back and, and rode him out for five five minutes. Then got tired, but then came back sort of in the third. Um, and he did the same thing to Masvidal. It, it's like he just keeps on doing it, man. The one thing that worries me is Maya gets really tired. I really would hope that he just like just worked on his cardio and his jujitsu, and that's it. And hopefully that's what he did. You know, it's funny. Like I I I hear you. You know, but um, I know that Damian Maya is really good friends with uh, Marcelo Garcia, and both, and at knowing Marcelo Garcia, he is one of those guys who doesn't do any strength and conditioning. He just does jujitsu. I mean, he's jacked. He's a physical, the freak. He's a mutant, Marcelo Garcia. Like you see that dude with no shirt on. He's like shredded. It looks like he like lifts weights all the time. The dude, all he does, is he rides his bike and he does jujitsu. That's it. And I feel like. Maya probably has that same mentality, you know, of just like, oh, why, you know, why, why am I going to, you know, do this? I, I'm training jujitsu, you know, it's like, why would I do anything else? So maybe that's why his cardio is kind of shot, you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, it, it, someone was talking about this, and it was probably, again, on heavy hands, which, like, is one of my favorite things to listen to. Um, just about how, like, Maya exists in this, like, tired world of constant jujitsu grappling like that's like where he exists it's yeah. like that's his that's like you know the stranger things creatures like alternate you know uh universe you know yeah, the, like that's maya's place you know oh, yeah, and totally. it's like where you're tired and all you can do is grapple <laughs> and woodley doesn't exist in that place man no no and that's why I think I'm going to go with Maya on this one. You know, like, I, I didn't mean it to sound like, well, this is going to, you know, we're going to go on a reach. I don't think it's a reach for him to win this fight, honestly. Because actually, statistically, he could, should be the winner. Because no one has been able to, to, to have an answer for his jiu-jitsu. No one. You know, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm going with Maya. You know? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh... If Woodley doesn't put him away in the first, which would just be super fucking sad because it's probably Damian Maya's last fight. Hell, even if he wins, it might be his last fight. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy he's getting a title shot finally. He's earned it. He really has. And uh, if it goes further, I just really, really look forward to Maya 
making Woodley tired. I hope that even, I hope it unnecessarily goes longer than it needs to. <laughs> um, just to see Woodley be like super tired and just like bummed out. <laughs> okay. That'd be cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so now finally, all right, it's Wednesday, July 26th. As we, we record this, the fight is in three days. Okay. Let me look on Bloody Elbow real quick and make sure that it's it, not canceled. Let's make sure Jones didn't fuck up somehow. You know, like run somebody over or like do cocaine or overdose or something, you know? You know, like kidnap somebody. Is <laughs> 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 it like a, a fucking high speed chase or some shit? Yeah, it looks like it's still going on. All right. We still got Thursday and Friday, though, man. We still got the weigh-in. We'll see what happens, man. Hopefully he makes it, you know? Yeah. It's really sad, honestly, about John Jones. It really is sad. I mean, it's something. I don't you feel bad about. for him at all because yeah, he's in control right. of his own destiny. And it's like, you know, every, I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of these, I mean, look at Cowboy. I'm sure he's a wild man, you know? But he doesn't fuck up the way Jones does. You know, I'm sure Cerrone's out there partying with John Jones. They're both down there in New Mexico, but he just somehow pulls his shit together, unlike Jones. You know, oh, a little quick aside. Um, back in March, when I was in Albuquerque, no, that wasn't the last time I was there, but when I was in Albuquerque in March on tour, we stayed at like a Motel Six or something, and then there was a gas station down the street, and um, we we turned the, the corner to go into the gas station. I looked over, and it was the fucking Jackson Winkle John camp right there. Oh, sick. Yeah, this fucking, their, their facility. It was funny. See, I thought you were going to say uh, you went into a gas station and there, were, there was some street overlord. <laughs> like, oh, shit, there it is. That's it. There's a street overlord. <laughs> but, yeah, no, no, no. That was, that was just cool because, like, you know, remember also in Sacramento, we went to the, the fucking home. Of, they, actually, that gym got shut down. They're in a new place now. Oh, really? Alpha Mill? Oh, yeah. They well, no, the, the camp, obviously, it's still around, but the uh, Ultimate Fitness, their original yeah. location, they moved out of that, and they're in some other brand-new, like, dope-ass facility somewhere in Sacramento. Yeah, it's crazy. They got, like, Faber got sponsored by a private, like... Like a jet company bus, or some shit? Yeah, like, yeah, or, like plane. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, is it jets or is it, like, you know, propeller planes? Because that would rule. If it was propeller planes, that'd be awesome. I love I love listening to your I favorite talk, man. Like, cause he's like such like a like a Cali like dude, you know. But he's he's like the fucking master of industry, man. You know what I'm saying? He's got all these shit, these little side things going on, you know. And he's like a salesman, man. He's talking about totally. His, he's a smart guy. Oh yeah, totally, dude. And um, before we get into this, have you watched any of the con- uh, Tuesday night Dana White Tuesday night contender series? I haven't. It's on Fight Pass. It's actually... I heard they're really good. Some of the fights have been really good, definitely. And there's uh, there's two versions you can watch. One is with um, regular commentary. Oh, fuck. And the other one is Snoopcast. <laughs> fucking Dude, it's so bad. Snoop Dogg. It's so bad. Snoop Dogg and Uriah Faber. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uriah Faber, <laughs> you know, doing all the heavy lifting with the techniques. And Snoop just like... You know, he's, like, smoking weed. They're, yeah. they're drinking uh, Tanqueray and juice, you know? Oh, uh, dude, I listened to one, and I didn't know you could listen to with Snoop or without Snoop, and I was like, 
is this like every fight? I never want to watch this again. Because he was like, rear naked choke. He's going to get him with the rear naked choke. He's a choke. He's got to take a nap. He's going to take a nizap. Got the choke. Chizzo. And I'm like, holy shit. And then the guy got out. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. and he's like, it's a done deal. Got the choke. Going to do it. And I'm like, this is terrible. Faber was laughing his ass off, though. It was pretty funny. I, I actually, wa- I've watched all three of them. And two out of the three I watched with the Snoopcast. Snoopcast. <laughs> yeah. It's um, yeah, it's pretty. But there, there are definitely some good fights on there. You know what I mean? It's like I actually, it's in the um Ultimate Fighter uh, gym. You know what I mean? They have oh, okay. the fights in the octagon. It's the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, that's crazy! I didn't and, know that. Yeah, and uh, I actually think this is the future, man. I don't think the oh, they should just fucking cancel the Ultimate Fighter, man. For sure. I mean, I haven't given a fuck about that in years, dude. It's like. I didn't. I haven't watched the Ultimate Fighter in years, like, and and this uh, last season. Well, I didn't watch it. It ended up. I, I actually I did. I watched. I watched two fights because I was like, oh shit, James Krause is on this. Oh. I didn't realize that, and um, and then you know Jesse Taylor won. Okay. And uh, yeah, that was that was interesting, and, and it actually ended up being like a major comeback season because Taylor won, and it was like, holy shit, you know, that's Jesse Taylor who won originally in like season six or something and then went on a drunken rampage and then didn't get to fight for, for the, the, the Ultimate Fighter thing and then was like a crazy journeyman, like going all around to like Russia and uh, all these other places and like fighting whoever. And then he finally came back and made it. You know, the next season... And there's going to be a next season. Is Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gaethje, apparently. What a waste. You know what sucks? You know what sucks, Mike? Gaethje, that fight was fucking awesome. Gaethje is like, he's like, yeah, I want to fight again before the year's over. If I can fight twice, that'd be awesome. Well, sorry, dude. There goes that plan. You're on the ultimate fighter now. You're not going to fight for however long that stupid-ass show runs. We're not going to see him fight till next year. You know what I mean? So dumb. What a waste. Total waste. waste that fight. Total waste of fucking time, man. Because that kid, you see him fight once, and then, you, you know, that's it. And it's fucking ridiculous to me. And there's a lot of questions about Justin Gaethje, honestly. It's like, I, um, you know, in World Series of Fighting, he dominated. But it's a different level of competition, obviously. Still got hurt. And he got, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm interested to see how far he can actually go in the UFC. He's going to kill Alvarez. At this stage, Definitely. I feel like I just don't like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like bringing in a universal soldier version, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, Alvarez has been through some wars, man. He's a shop worn guy, man. I mean, I had this conversation today with your, your buddy, uh, the guy, you know, I don't want to say his name, but he's, he's a friend of yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't want to say his name, um, but we both know him. And if you're out there listening to this, you know that I know you. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I had this conversation today about him and Conor McGregor, and it was like, yeah, okay, great. Once again, you know, he, he beat a guy who is kind of in his coming to the end of his career, man, with Eddie, you know? I mean, Eddie, you know, he was champ in Bellator. He kind of had a rough start in the UFC. You know, I don't know. I mean, I love Eddie Alvarez. I think he's awesome. You know, but 
I'm, I also am realistic in, in seeing that Eddie Alvarez has, like, been through. He's earned his, his, his like, place in, in the greats of, U, of the MMA world. He should have been in the UFC, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. He should have been in the UFC, like, 10 years ago. You know? And it's like, you know, I don't want to count him out, but I also feel like he's, he's coming to the end of his career. You know what I mean? He's, he's taking a lot of damage, you know? Um... But yeah, I don't it's know. not a favorable matchup. And that no. McGregor fight was like the least favorable matchup, you know, the way that Eddie tends to brawl. Yeah. And he, always gets dropped. Yep. And he Jesus God, he got dropped three times in the first round. It was crazy. And um, actually, before we had this podcast, I, had, I interviewed Josh Barnett. And one of the things that we were talking about for a piece I'm writing for Revolver is um, kind of a breakdown of, uh, you know, of, of the McGregor Mayweather fight. And, um, you know, one of the things we talked about was McGregor really relies on the aggressiveness of his opponent to really land those counters, you know. So it's like the perfect storm for McGregor to be champ was when he fought Eddie Alvarez because Eddie Alvarez is a super aggressive guy. McGregor can counter. He's a, you know, McGregor's a southpaw, so he's got that left. And um, He's taller, he's longer, taller, he's faster. longer, he's a bigger guy, you know. And uh, anyway, that's another conversation. I don't want to take away from... Uh, DC versus Jones too, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. See, we got a little See, derailed. We got, we got derailed, <laughs> but that's all right. But uh, but yeah. So hopefully John Jones doesn't uh, you know, kill anyone or kidnap someone or get in a high speed chase or overdose on drugs or whatever, and this fight actually happens. Because you know, remember the day of the last time they were supposed to fight, the day wasn't it the day of or right after the weigh-in is when John Jones like tested positive or some shit, and that's when they got Anderson Silva to fight. Wasn't those is, that what, is that why that so. happened? I think so. Holy shit. Yeah. That is crazy, so man. So we, we don't know if John if this fight's going to happen until until both of these guys walk into the fucking ring or the octagon, rather. Totally. You know what I'm saying? So, but let's go forward and assume that this is going to happen finally. Okay? Um, John Jones, one loss. Kind of. By disqual, really. by, by disqual. I mean, he was <laughs> yeah. beating the shit out of uh, homeboy, but like, um, by DQ, one loss. Daniel Cormier, his only loss is to John Jones. Why aren't more people fucking jumping up and down about this fight? Is what I want to know. Because like, apparently, like this isn't this isn't really uh, expected to do very well. It's crazy. It's so crazy. This is this is not only is it an amazing card, but it's such an amazing fight. Like because. Like a lot of these, a lot of these fights that we've talked about, there's a lot of question, which should bring a lot of interest because yeah, totally. people are like thinking and talking about it. And like, where's John? The last time we saw him fight was against OSP and he looked a little flat. I thought so. Now too. he's out for even longer and he's fighting against DC, but he's so fully in DC's head still. It's like, man, you know, like, like, DC is so aware that that's the one loss he has. And sure. it's like, he's so aware of it. Now, I'm going to say if John Jones fights Daniel Cormier the way that he fought OSP, I'm going to say DC beats him. Totally. You know, and that very well might happen, man. There's no reason to think that that's not going to happen, as a matter of fact. You know, I mean, and, and that's sad because I, I want to, I mean, look, I... Prior to all this stuff, John Jones was 
one of the greatest fighters to fucking do the sport, you know what I mean? And, and like, he's, a, you know, unfortunately his legacy might be tarnished by some of this personal stuff, but I think that, like, had, you know, had he kept on the straight and narrow as, as much as he could, you know, or whatever, just not get, not get in trouble, I think he, he still would be undefeated. Totally. He would have cleaned out this whole division. I mean, I think John division. Jones is still the greatest light heavyweight yeah. that we've ever seen. And there would be no question as to who is, like, the quote-unquote, like, you know, number one, pound-for-pound pound greatest or whatever. It would be John Jones and Demetrius Johnson, hands down, as the number one greatest pound-for-pound pound fighters. You know what I mean? So um, it's a shame, you know. It's a shame because, you know, his time away from the cage, he's been diminished a little bit, I think. You know, he hasn't. I mean, people say that, oh, there's no such thing as ring rust, but it's like, in, in I guess in, in some cases, it's more of, I guess, a mental game, and I think that maybe mentally Jones is a little weak, I guess. So, I don't know. I, I My gut's telling me to go with DC on this one. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, DC is, that dude's consistent. He's a known. Yeah. We know, we know what DC is going to do. What he can do. We know how hungry he is. Yeah. But DC's also getting older, too. Right. Exactly. You know? And uh, his only loss is to John Jones. You know? He picked Josh Barnett up over his head and threw him on the ground. Yeah. Insane. You know? Insane. And fucking threw Dan Henderson through the air. Yeah, that was crazy. It was like spinning a pizza. Yeah, but Dan Henderson's like all tan and shit. He's like flying. Yeah, through, he's like flying yeah Daniel Cormier's not even Italian. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and uh, I know, I know. It's like, I, it, it's emotionally, I want to say John's going to win. But then I just look at, look at the intel that I have, you know, John's last fight. All this drama going on in his life with this, these like legal problems and all this other stuff going on. His time away from the cage. Sixteen months ago was the last time John Jones fought. And that, and before that, it was a long stretch as well. Yeah. You know? What a waste. What a what a complete waste. When yeah. I look at this, he like April twenty sixth, twenty fourteen. He was so busy, and then twenty fourteen April, and then January twenty fifteen. So that wasn't a crazy span, but then April twenty sixteen. So he was out for fifteen. Uh, 14 months, I can't count, 16 months, and then and then again now, he's going to be out for like 17, like, you know, he's been out, it's like, God, dude, you wasted three years of your career, three years, you yeah. know? Like, some people don't uh, even get three years in their career, you know? Some people don't even get a career, and this guy had it all, and he fucking wasted it, and it's a drag. It really makes yeah, me sad. Yeah, man. You know? Um, I mean, but that's not the reason why I'm going with DC, because I honestly think DC's defending his title he's been active he's been training he's been in he's gone through the whole you know fight camp you know walk up to the cage all that stuff is like something that he's accustomed to still you know what I mean and um yeah just like popular opinion probably is that oh yeah John's gonna come in there and walk all over him also John never knocks anyone out man yeah you know he never, there's, there's no Ever. finishes there's no finishes the only he finished Leo Machida and Shogun, right? Yeah. And wait, did he finish Vitor? 
He submitted Vitor and he submitted Machida. Right. But, I mean, well, they're, they're finishes. I'm not saying, you know, all right, finishes. But as far as KOs, who is he? I don't think he's knocked anyone out, has he? Shogun, that's Shogun? it. Okay. And that was back in the beginning. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, do I think he can submit Daniel Cormier? No. He said he's been working on on his jiu-jitsu um, more than his striking, actually, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I just I just feel like DC is going to win. I feel like it's this is his fight because, for those reasons I said, just looking at the stats. I mean, on, on an emotional level, I'm like, when if you just grabbed me and woke me up in the middle of the night and said, "Hey, who do you think is going to win, John Jones or Daniel Cormier?" I would be like, "John Jones." But the more I think about it, and the more I look at the data that's available, I'm thinking DC might take this one and then retire. This yeah. is the one thing that's not that's preventing him from retiring is this fight. Yeah, it's true, absolutely. And you know, yeah, when I think about it, and I think about things too, like weird, weird little things in here, like you know, John pokes everybody in the eyes. Yeah, he does everybody. Yeah. If they're doing the new rules, yeah. you can't have your fingers extended. Right. I can called. see John losing a point and then losing a decision just yeah. from losing a point, you know, like sure. something. And how John Jones would that be? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, oh, like he loses it because he poked DC in the eye. Like, you dumbass. And also, um, you know, when, when Jones was defending, <clears throat> like you have to definitively beat the champ to, to win. Like that's – you know, kind of the unspoken when it comes to decisions, you know what I mean? Like scoring, things like that. You know, like a lot of people looked at the Gustafson fight, you know, and they're like, well, well Gustafson should have won. But you, you got to definitively assert your dominance over the champ in order to win to beat the champion, you know what I mean? And I think that, uh, yeah, DC won some rounds in that fight when he was fighting against John. I think if John fights a fight like he fought against OSP, I still think DC would win a fight like that. Totally. I think that John dodged a bullet when he fought OSP instead of DC. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. Because that, that John would not beat DC. No way. But, I mean, what would improve that John? More time away from the cage? No. No, that's true. But he said that he, I mean, not, not only did he say, but we saw that he was really into powerlifting at that time. And we saw him gas. He did look more muscular and physically bigger yeah. in that fight, and it didn't behoove his style whatsoever. He still looks pretty yoked, though, man. Hmm. Did you see the, the, the face-off? No, actually, I didn't. I saw it on, on Instagram. There's If you go to, like, MMAfighting.com Instagram, there's, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's kind of funny because DC's got, like, a suit on, and John has, like, no shirt on and jeans. Jesus <laughs> He's got no shirt on and jeans and, like, a gold chain. And he's, like, <laughs> he looks jacked, man. He looks huge. He, first of all, I mean, obviously he towers over G- D.C. in height. But he just look, he looks thick as, a, as fuck, man. You hmm. know? After this, check it out. And you know, I think he's still doing it right now. <laughs> yeah, do it right now, man. He's fucking jacked, man. Um, He's like, that's like the biggest I've ever seen John Jones, I think. Huh. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I, I think he's still, you know, doing squats or deadlifts or whatever. He's still doing something that's, like, keeping the muscle mass on him, you know? I was, uh, I rewatched the Machida fight this morning. 
And it's funny because Rogan is like, he's like, look at John's legs. They're skinny. They're almost comically skinny. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, John's always had like these like thin, frail looking legs. Oh, he shaved his head? Look at that. Yeah. He looks like interesting. <laughs> he looks like a he looks like a pharaoh or something. That's cool. <laughs> pharaoh. He does. He looks like a like a pharaoh and like a flashback and like the mummy or something. <laughs> Which is cool. I mean, you know, shit. I hope that doesn't get misconstrued in some weird fucked up way. I don't mean it that way. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, huh, that's that's interesting. This new this new thing he's got going on. Um, our friend uh Eugene S. Robinson, um he's been saying that he has information that uh <laughs> Jones Jones is still uh kicking it with uh his uh Stree Overlord buddies, his like his little his coke homies. Really? Eugene would know probably. Somehow he gets all this information. Yeah, he's got all his intel. Yeah. Um, well, you know, hey. Imagine if he got popped for cocaine again. Jesus. Yeah, this is interesting. He's got no shirt on. He's got a gold <laughs> chain. And, yeah, he looks in really good shape. Yeah, he does, right? <laughs> I had to watch that. I watched that little segment twice because I was laughing the whole time. <laughs> it's like one dude's got like a suit on and like a tie and then Joe's just like rolls up out of the fucking shadows with like no shirt on like a gold chain <laughs> it's fucking that's awesome. awesome yeah he has a new look for him which I don't know he's like I'm reinventing myself I shaved my head and I have a goatee and he just looks like 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 way more thug, man. You know what I'm saying? He does. He does actually. Yeah. He, I mean, the gold chain and no shirt certainly helps. He's <laughs> <laughs> like DMX or something in that in that segment. Oh man, I hope he does come out to DMX. If he does, I'll be really stoked. He always comes out to Bob Marley, and I'm like, that's not who know, he that's is. Like that, that's that upstate New York shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny because that's not like I want to know the real John Jones. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of wish, like, like you know, I get it. You know, you want to put out this clean image. But if that's not who, no one ever bought it, really. Everyone would always say, oh, John Jones seems like such a fake. Yep. I wish he just, I wish he was, he, he from the get-go, came out as a human being and was like, yeah. You know, I like to fucking party. I like, to, like, strippers. I like driving fast and with strippers in the car. And I can't be trusted. Like, I wish that was what he came out with, man. But I'll be... Yeah, you. look at fucking McGoober. He does that, and people are like, yay. Yeah, totally, you know, but I'll put a whooping on that ass, you know? And, like, that's uh, that's how I kind of wish... But that was, like, the pre-McGregor days, man, when, like... Right. People wanted, like, a, a, you know, a guy they can relate to as a champ, you know what I mean? And uh, the funny thing is, like, the, the dark John is probably more relatable than the clean John. Right. You know, which is the ironic thing with this whole game, you know, game plan with his image, I guess. Speaking of McGregor, do you care at all about the Mayweather-McGregor fight? Yes. I cannot wait to see McGregor get absolutely schooled in boxing. Yeah. Are you going to be watching it or you read about it the next day? That's I will watch question. it. I will watch it. There's this place that, uh, that I go to that actually, again, I, I, I learned from uh, Mr. Eugene S. And... Uh, <laughs> I can't divulge uh, the whereabouts of, of this place. I don't want to, you know, blow up his spot. But um, 
it's worth the, the, the hour drive to it. And, uh, it's cool, man. I've been watching the UFCs there recently and it's awesome. And they're going to show that fight for sure. So let me ask you a question. This is like out in the Bay area, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's a, a spot that's like an hour away from, you live in Oakland, right? Yep. So it's somewhere like out, it's not in the city limits then, right? No. Nah. All right. So it's like, I'm not trying to, believe me, I'm not going to go there. I'd have to get it. Right <laughs> but, um, it's like in, it's like out in a town somewhere. Right. And there's like, uh, not, not a lot of people go. Yeah. And it's like quiet and there aren't any douchebags. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, you know, uh, when Weidman lost against Musasi, there were like some guys who I'm like, wait, this is California. And you guys, they're like, where are these three guys from the Long Islands come from? You know, like behind <laughs> me, like, hey, that's bullshit, man. I don't, I'm like, no, I, I'm pretty sure he, yeah, he was winning until that. I'm like, uh, he was not winning up until that point. Um, but no, overall, people are really chill there. Like, oh, there's this very heavy set biker dude that goes there and he brings his like mad old dad with him. Oh, okay. And he's like, his, his dad, you know, he is, he's, he's up in the age, you know, has like a cane, definitely older dude, older gentleman. Um, and they, and they, they go there and they watch the UFCs together. So it's like, it's cool. And yeah. you know, you, you get people there who can get, you know, loud. Like there were these women who, uh, they, they were like complaining about some fight and I was oh, like, dude. what, what the shit, man? Like, like, I'll just let him stand up, let him punch, punch him, punch him, you know, but it's not, it's not a bad place. It's a good place with like, that's pretty chill. They have like couches and, and then there's like a really nice bar. They got a good chicken and arugula, arugula salad. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a cool place. Cool. However, that place is probably going to be a complete shit show for the McGregor debacle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's because you're going to get every jackass who reads the newspaper going to that or fucking has an internet connection. Yeah, you're going to get like 200 rats in a trench coat pretending they're a human. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I, I want to, I, when I was talking to our friend today, um, I told him I wasn't going to watch who? it. Who is this? I can't say it because he, he, might, Damn, he might even be listening to this. Where's he from? It doesn't matter, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's like he's from he's from somewhere. Let's leave it at that. You know what I'm saying? But um, he's, he's from uh, America. Is he from America? Yeah, he's American. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was telling I'm like, yeah, you know, he, he just won't let it go that I don't like Conor McGregor. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. I, I can't, like, I just, um, you know, I, it's, it's my freedom to like whoever the fuck I want to like. Yeah, yeah. Right? But, like, you know, I, for me, you know, someone who has, you know, you know, when, when I was a kid, I used to wrestle, I used to, you know, in, into competition, like, into the logic of it. I just don't get into the chaos that this guy brings to the fucking table, you know what I mean? And I, also, I just think he's a jackass. He's such a douche, man. I mean, he, he, like that fur coat. Was that a? Someone said it was a polar bear fur coat, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> please tell me you're fucking kidding me. But regardless, it was like some giant white fur coat. And he's such a fucking clown. He's like, he says something like, "I'm not racist because I'm black from the waist yeah, down." Yeah, and said it's that like, shit in Brooklyn. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. Seriously, anybody who's like, "Oh, you got to see my dick," you're like, uh. You know, you got issues, dude. Yeah. Seriously. If you have to, like, try to validate your fucking manhood to, like, 
the world. Like you're you're a real insecure, sorry ass motherfucker. You know, and it's like I, and the worst part about it is I I want to be able to celebrate his fucking, you know, his his abilities, but I can't. It's like McGregor's definitely a talented guy when it comes to For fighting. Sure. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, he's a talented fighter. You know, I do believe to this day that his rise to whatever um, accolades, you know, any kind of uh, belts or championships or whatever, was like a very well orchestrated, architecturally designed path for him to get there. You know, in the in the featherweight division, he, he skipped a lot of guys, you know. Tons. Um, that, that I think could have beat him. Or he fought certain people, like, at periods of time when they weren't able to beat him. Like, when he fought Chad Mendez, it was like, Mendez, yeah. The dude was completely out of shape. He was, like, 11-day notice or whatever. Um, and then he has the perfect opponent in Eddie Alvarez to fight as, uh, you know, he didn't fight anyone else in the division, you know. And um, it's, like, all timing and everything. Because I think either Khabib or um, Tony Ferguson, I think, eventually would have been champion in the, in the lightweight division. Totally. You know, and it just a year before that happens, McGregor takes the, you know takes the belt, and uh, yeah. So and and just the personality shit. It's just like hard to really get behind the guy. But I do say I you know I'll, I'll concede that he's a talented martial artist. You know, but yeah, definitely. I mean, his hand speed, his power. Um, but God, man, the guy doesn't defend belts. It's no. such bullshit. Yeah, it's it, like I don't know how anyone can be a fan of that. I don't know how anyone who says they really like the guy can be like, oh, yeah, this is great. He, you yeah. know, fought once at featherweight for the, I mean, you know, title fight and then was like, all right, now I'm going to fight at lightweight and then was like, okay, that's it. Like, man. Yeah. That's not a champion. No. That's not, even, I mean, like, yeah, sure, he's a fighter in that he, he fights. I, I, I don't. I'm not. You know, he does. Um, but still, as a fan, like, this isn't what you look for in this sport. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I'm just more, I'm into the competition and competitive aspects of things and, like, the gamesmanship and everything, you know, and I like, I like the sportsman aspect of, like, champions and defense and all these other things, you know, so it's kind of, it's kind of a drag, you know, that, that aspect to it, but this whole, this, this spectacle with, with Mayweather is like, you know, I do believe McGregor thinks he can beat Mayweather, but I, you know, I, I think that it would be in the history of the world, <laughs> in the history of mankind, it would be the biggest upset. You know what I mean? It's like the cards are so stacked against this guy. Totally. So, I don't know. But then again, fuck Floyd too, man. He's a fucking pretty... Wife good. beater. Yeah, he's a shithead too, you know? Totally. But um, it's a fact that it's Floyd Mayweather is what bothers me. Because it's like, you know, one of the other you know, big criticisms I have of McGregor is he can't fight a guy his own size. You know, even 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 at the lightweight division, McGregor's still a little big for lightweight. Yeah. You know, and at one fifty four versus Floyd, he's, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be so much bigger than. Yeah. Him. You know, and he's definitely huge compared to the the one forty fivers. But then when he tried to fight at one seventy, he got fucking beat up. You know. And he said that he would fight Diaz again, which actually I'm like, okay, I'm interested in that because I think Diaz could beat him again. Oh, absolutely! I think Diaz. I mean, that wasn't a definitive win. McGregor is, like, Hell no. treating it like he knocked him out in the first round. But he totally. that could have went Diaz's way. That, it was a I decision. thought Diaz won that fight. Well. At the time. At the time, I, really I think it. I did, too. 
But then at the time I thought that he won, but then I knew that they weren't going to give it to him. Like I knew that the decision was going to be for fucking Conor McGregor. I knew there's no way they were going to give that fucking Mexican a victory over over their <laughs> their white fucking knight, you know, Conor. Yeah, McGregor. for sure he is. Yeah, you know, he's, and now he's the great white hope of all sports. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. Well, but um, you know, whatever. You know, people say, oh, you you you're a hater. I'm like, I, I am. I fucking I, I don't like the fucking any of the anything about the McGregor cult of personality you know what i mean totally or even the camp yeah or the camp i mean he's the only guy to that whole camp who really is doing anything you know it's like you know like you got uh artem lobob who's like a punching bag for everyone jesus christ yeah you know? i mean he's got a, the only thing he's good at is taking a fucking punch man you know and then i mean the only other dude is like uh that other guy katal pendred quit he like oh god he's left, terrible well you got he got gunner nelson yeah Gunnar Nelson's solid. I mean, he's talented, you know. Um, I, I like how he's like this fucking Iceman, too, you know what I mean? Like, he's no, like no emotion. He's like Fedor or something, you know? Totally. Just like if he wins or loses, it's the same expression, you know? And um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'm going to watch the fight. I'll just, I'll just read about it the next day. And I'll, I'll um, you know, check out the highlights or whatever. But... My, uh, you know, my prediction is that Floyd over Floyd by TKO. McGregor's probably gonna gas. That's about twelve rounds. Twelve rounds, and yeah, everyone's like, okay, yeah, well, um, you know, there's no, no takedowns or no grappling or no kicks, so the cardio is different. Yeah, the cardio is different in boxing because it's a completely different uh, movement pattern and a totally different. Um, you know, uh, management of resources than in an MMA. I mean, all right, yeah, there's no grappling, meaning that if you're holding someone down, you don't get the rest. If you're fighting a guy as mobile as Floyd, you're in a fucking marathon, dude. You know what I mean? You got to have cardio for days, man. And McGregor's cardio has always been in question, I think. You know? I think that, uh, you know, he gassed and Diaz in the fight against, again, both fights, really. I mean, his cardio sucked in the second fight, too. Totally. You know? And um, so, yeah, I don't know. And he's going to have to cut. He's going to have to cut, true, to 154. Yep. You know? And, uh, and that's a long fucking fight, man. And Yeah, Floyd, dude, that's a long-ass fight. Floyd only has to win seven rounds. I mean, you know, Floyd, by playing, playing his game, like, he's not, like, this is the difference in mindsets of, like, McGregor or MMA fighters versus a guy like Mayweather. Mayweather wins fights, you know what I'm saying? His objective is to get a W. He's not like, I'm going to go in there and make this guy pay for what he said. I'm not going right. to go in there and knock this guy out. You know, it's like, he's like, I- I'm going to win. That means that I can lose two rounds. I can win a round. I can have do a round where I don't do anything. You know, I can, as long as I win seven rounds, I win the fight. So it's like that boxing strategy is something that is completely absent in MMA because you only have five rounds or three rounds for a non-title fight. Totally. You got to go in there guns blazing. You know what I'm saying? You don't have this like long extended pitched battle that a boxing match is. So, yeah, I I don't know, man. It's like, you know, I, I just don't see it. I don't see McGregor, you know, winning. And I, yeah, I'm gonna, me I'm neither. Go with, uh, and I look forward to that. TKO. <laughs> TKO stoppage in the fifth. 
Yeah, and if it gets further, I could definitely see Mayweather getting enough knockdowns. Because again, McGregor's gonna gas. He's yeah. totally gonna gas. Totally, you know. And and you know, Floyd hasn't knocked anyone out in like ten years. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, so that would be really funny if he actually did knock Conor McGregor out. Well, I was talking about this with um, my father-in-law. You know, I was like, yeah, he doesn't have any knockouts against the top boxers in that division because they're extremely talented dudes who've been boxing their entire lives. But this isn't that. This is some guy who doesn't have any professional boxing experience, regardless of whatever he has done in the gym or whatever, man, throughout his life. It is not professional boxing experience. Nope. So Mayweather's going in there against someone that he should be able to knock out because he's not going to have the same defensive acumen as Pacquiao or anyone like that, you know, at all. Not even close. He's no. not going to have the same head movement Hell or, like, anything. Footwork, none of that. Well, and the other thing, too, is McGregor is, like, I think we mentioned this earlier, is a, is more of a counter-striker, you know. So you get a guy like Floyd who is a counter-striker and, like, an evasive defensive boxer. He's not going to come in. Like, most of the guys that – all the guys that McGregor beat stood right in front of him or rushed in, you know. That's just not what happens in boxing. People don't stand unless you're the heavyweights like stand in front of each other and just pound each other out. But yeah. like at the lighter weights, no one stands in front of you. They're always working angles. They're you know they're moving around. There's a lot of movement. McGregor's not going to stand in front of this guy. So what's the old what? He's not going to get McGregor's not going to get that that um that counter that he always looks for. So what's his what's his other alternative is, is to is to move in to to be more aggressive, to go for those big shots, which also erodes the cardio because he's going to be missing a lot of those big shots too, you know? So I, I don't know. I just see it as slow death for him, man, you know? Or yeah, for sure. Yeah, maybe Floyd slowed down. Floyd is 40. You Have know? you seen those videos of uh, Floyd working out on uh, that, like, the, the that speed tennis ball thing on the tether and the – no, I haven't seen any of that stuff. Fast as shit, dude. Okay. His hands are fast as shit. All right. Well, that then good for him, you know. <laughs> but it's like uh, that's what I'm saying, man. You know, but but then again, you know, it's it's back to that same old thing where McGregor fights these guys in the twilight of their career, or in this case, a fucking dude has been retired for two years. You know, he's not fighting Gennady Golovkin, a guy who will right. knock him, who would knock him out. You know, like within the first five rounds, probably. You know, it's like, you know, it, it's hard to, I mean, if you're, if you're like, uh, I mean, I, and I don't want to come off like any particular way about this, but it's like, if you're, if you're like someone who's not really knowledgeable about combat sports, this might seem like the greatest event ever. Oh, for sure. But if you're somebody who follows, like you, me and you, you know, we, I follow, bo- we, we both, we follow boxing, MMA, you know, like the pro jiu-jitsu, you know, and, and all this stuff and like, you know, kickboxing and. Muay Thai, all that stuff. It's like you understand competition in a different way. And I think that that, to me, this seems like a very meaningless kind of thing, aside from just, like, the cultural implications, I guess, you know. There was a great interview with Chael Sonnen uh, with Aero Hawani, and I was like, holy shit. It was amazing. Actually, I really liked hearing everything he had to say. Chael is the best when it comes to interviews. He really is. His even his technical breakdowns of things, I was like, wow, he was like really, uh, 
uh, he was funny in the way that he said things, but he still was very, very technical. And, and, and anyways, um, when Ariel Hawani asked him, uh, you know, hey, do you think that um, May- McGregor has any chance against Mayweather? And uh, he kind of paused and he was like, um, so you're asking me if, uh, if, if McGregor has any chance? And he goes, yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? Does he have any chance? And he's like, no, he doesn't have any chance at all. And it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And he broke it down. He said, seriously, man, this is somebody who's going in there against one of the greatest boxers to ever live. And he's boxing him. He's not doing MMA. He's not doing kickboxing. He's not doing any type of mixed rule skill set. He's boxing him. He's putting on the gloves. He's going into the ring. He's fighting 12 three-minute rounds. Boxing. He doesn't have any chance. You know, actually, Chael Sonnen's podcast is pretty good. I should check it out. Post-fight career, Chael Sonnen is apples and oranges. I mean, he's still, like, a wise guy, but yeah. he's way more likable now that he's not fighting. Well, he's, he's not fighting the UFC. He's in, he's in Bellator. Right. But he started this podcast in that period when he was suspended. And, um, yeah, I, I actually like, uh, I mean, you know, he, his record in Bellator is not so hot. You know what I mean? His record in MMA is not yeah, so hot. Yeah, in general, you know? right. But Especially like, with a giant asterisk that he has, you know? Yeah. I, I just, I find him to be, his, his podcast to be really good. It's like he's pretty, entertaining. Yeah, definitely. he's very entertaining. He's informative, and he has like a really good take on a lot of different things, which is cool. You know, definitely. Yeah, but um, but yeah, man. Um, you know, that's about it, man. I guess we covered every all the bases. Yeah, man. Hey, it's been awesome catching up. I'm really glad. You know, thanks for being able to do this tonight because I know I just texted you yesterday and was like, hey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's cool. You know, when are you available? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, there's only, I mean. My flex, my usually my I'm I'm gonna be home for a few months, so it's like my uh, my schedule is pretty flexible. Except for I only there's only two days a week where I'm like booked up like all day long, um. So it's like I can I kind of kind of especially evenings. Evenings are usually really good for me, you know. During the day it gets busy, but like the evening hours are usually good on every other day. Weekends are good usually too. Killer, so, yeah. This is it. it I never thought about it before, but yeah, days where like I work in Oakland, perfect. Cool. Yeah, so we'll do this more regularly, and I think because uh, you know I do a lot, sometimes I do well. I've done all of them by myself, which is like interesting and it's a good exercise for me. But also, it's better when you have like someone to to work stuff against. You know what I mean? So um, with that, uh, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and uh, enjoy the fights this weekend.
four times in less than a year <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah I mean, we'll be out there again in, in probably november yeah um, i'm stoked that's gonna be awesome definitely gonna try to make that yeah it's um yeah i know it's funny it, like november 
March and fucking June. We were there out in, on the West Coast. It was kind of cool. Yep. Good to see you. And this one's with 1349, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what the routing is on that one. It's it's Code Whore and 1349. That's sick. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, it's like both bands are playing like that Ozfest thing. Like um, like we're playing, us and 1349 are playing Ozfest and uh, Code Whore is playing Notfest, which is like weird Marilyn Manson. So are those, those, those fests are like, melded together over like one day or no, one one is on one day and the other one is on another day and, oh uh, yeah and there's like multiple stages and like fuck okay you know like all these like the stage we're playing on creators headlining oh wow yeah it's like creator and uh uh high on fire um iron regan uh why can't i get any peace and quiet i was just thinking about that what a fucking clown that guy is but, uh, awesome. ah, fuck it, man. Who cares? I never really was a fan of that band. I don't know. People seem to like them, though. Yeah, I think you have to, like, party rage. Yeah. And then, uh, there was another band that I was excited about that was playing that stage. I don't know. Anyway, it'll be cool to see Creator, man. I've never fucking seen them. And then, like, the main stage is, like, Ozzy and, like, you know. Like, oh, yeah? Yeah, it's Ozzy with Zach Wilde on guitar. Yes. It's <laughs> so like mad. every other note's a pinch harmonic. Everything. It's awesome. I love it, dude. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, and then like other like big bands like that, like commercial style, like heavy metal type bands. But yeah, it's it's it should be fun, man. I think it'll be good. And uh, Hell yeah. Right, let's make sure I got everything going here. Yep, we got good level. Everything looks good. So, just because I'm a little shot right now, because I, uh, you want to just stick to, you want to mention some shit on the on the undercard because I didn't have a lot of time to put notes together, and kind of I didn't put any notes together. Dude. Right, I just okay. have. You want to just talk <laughs> about the main card then? And it was just kind of yeah. Like, I mean, I think there's some things on the undercard that are um, there there are some good ones. One, two, three, four, five. Definitely some things on the undercard, but some... Uh, yeah, Aljamain Sterling versus Hannah Burrell. That should be totally. interesting. Totally. I didn't even realize it was on this card, yeah, man. Lamas. Yeah. My man... Eric Shelton. Eric Shelton's fighting. That guy's awesome. Yep. My man, Josh Berkman. Yeah, Berkman. Jesus, man. He's got to be like on like a three or four fight skit at this point. Yeah. That dude is just like one of those guys who just always is like in, in the mix somehow. Like he's like a top 15 guy, barely, but he's like... He'll, he'll go on, like, a three-fight winning streak, and then he'll lose, like, four in a row or something like that, you know? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, he's got all this skill. It's just he doesn't – he's not really aggressive at all, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think maybe, like di – didn't he move up in weight recently? He moved down. He moved down to lightweight. Oh, fuck that, dude. From, like, 170 to 155. Yeah. No uh, – And later in his career, you know, he's older yeah, now. Yeah, it's harder it's like, to drop wow. the weight, man. And also, it's like – with the new rules of uh, no, no um, uh, IV, like any stuff right. like that. So it's. But like, he's been doing it somehow. I mean, like it's so weird that he decided just to do it now. Yeah, but he um, hasn't. Lo- he hasn't been looking good though. That's the thing. The last couple fights, no. like he looks like depleted. You know what I mean? He's like super tentative. Yeah, I mean they haven't been good fights. The last few ones that he's done, unfortunately, and even in his last fight, he took his gloves off after he lost, and then left him in the center of the cage. And then uh, Stan was like, oh, I guess Berkman just retired. And then, like, after the interview ended, like, Berkman came back and got his gloves back. <laughs> like, what? He's like, oh, only kidding. 
Just like yeah. fucking Vitor, man. It's like, I thought there was this big thing with, I just actually just now, because I missed a lot of the fights. And I mean, I missed that Vitor fight too when he fought um, Marquardt. Uh, Marquardt. There was this big thing where it was like Vitor is like, oh yeah, this, you know, it's going to be my last fight, right? Fucking, it turns out that he's got five more fights on his, uh, on his contract. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Totally. He immediately after that too, he was like, let's fight again to like Marquardt. Well, like, huh? fucking, if Marquardt had fought him in the United States, he would have won that fight. Yeah, that was a very close fight, and Marquardt did really good and could yeah. do even better, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. Better than he has. And, I mean, Marquardt's been getting knocked out in the last few fights he did, so. Yeah, Marquardt's another one of those dudes, just like Berkman, except Marquardt actually used to be amazing. But then he got busted dude. and went down to 170, and it was like, what? Dude, it's like his fucking ticket is just wrong, man. He just got – he started – you know, too much head trauma, getting punched too many times. Like, once your brain learns how to shut off, it gets easier and easier to shut people off. Like, once once yeah. you get knocked out once, it's like your brain understands, like, there's this mechanism in your head where it's like, oh, when this happens, I just fucking go to sleep. And then after a while, like, it's easier and it's like these glancing shots, like, knock people out, you know? It's like, you know, fucking, it's just what happens to these guys, you know, these old fighters. Yeah, and he's been around forever. Yeah. I used to really enjoy Mark Ward's fights. 